Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are delighted to have partnered with NordVPN again for this season. We partnered with them last year and they are, of course, a supporter of Rangers FC as an official sponsor there. And best of all, we can give you an exclusive NordVPN deal. If you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand, you will get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and one additional month for free, completely risk-free. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee with Nord. And look, I use this product. I would highly recommend it. I used to work in web, so I know how easy it is to steal people's data, especially if you're using a a Wi-Fi system that that is a shared one or you're using uh, 4 or 5G, then your details can be out there. With NordVPN, they're absolutely not. And there are other advantages to it as well. Um, You can watch sporting events that maybe aren't being shown in your region. Um, You can purchase flights from different virtual locations and they do make your flights cheaper. This is very, very useful. What a price is in the UK isn't the same as what a price is in America or a price is on the continent. Um, NordVPN can save you money Um, you can buy purchasing subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price uh, and you protect your data while travelling and using public Wi-Fi I keep coming back to that anyone who's at the hassle of a cancelled card will know what I'm talking about so all you need to do is go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand and you'll get a huge discount off your plan and one month additional free completely risk free I urge you to do it Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar and as always I am your host and I'm joined this week by the Sage of Salcoats, the Sultan of Saturdays, it's Andy McGowan. Hello, David. Hello, folks. Delighted to be back. Got you all to myself today, David. You'll just have to listen to me and no one else. Yeah, well, an absolute pleasure, my friend. Uh, uh, for some reason that I can't quite fathom, you're extremely popular with the listeners, so <laughs> we'll, we'll just go along with that one. But, uh, yep, Rangers back on winning ways after a 3-1 victory at the weekend over Kilmarnock. And it didn't tell us a lot new. 
Uh, we will discuss uh, what it did tell us, obviously. But Andy, let's start before the match. The Union Bears uh, unfurled uh, a banner which said you took your eye off the ball after 55, uh, time for change. It got a round of applause from Ibrox, and I think that that was pretty telling. Now, on the banner itself, I don't think there's anything wrong with fans bringing banners to games, especially if they're not what you might deem as offensive, and there's nothing offensive in that at all. It's just a point of view. Secondly, I agree with it. I've said long enough. Uh, I think that the board took their eyes off the ball after 55. I've told the board that directly in person. So I didn't have a problem with it at all. I think that the subconsciously, consciously, whatever, I, I doubt it was consciously, but I think that having set this goal to get Rangers back to win a title in the summer of 55, the club collectively relaxed a little bit and is now playing catch-up for that. Pause for effect. Um, so, everybody knows my thoughts. I've, I've been quite... Uh... Suki. <laughs> I have got lip salve for a reason at all times. <laughs> oh, the arse kissing. No, I, I think I've always been fairly tempered, but I do recognise that I fall a wee bit too much to one side. Um do you know why, David? Because I probably think it's needed, and I'm very, very lucky that I've got the platform you years and heart in hand, and it, and it's led to being, being visible on Twitter. And I sometimes feel as if you know it goes too far the other way, and somebody needs to bring it back. And if that's me, then so be it. But I do recognise that at times I'm overly sympathetic, kind, understanding, right? Because I am a football fan, but as we've discussed many times, Davey, I don't generally think the same as most football fans, um, and that, that's sometimes to my detriment. So, what, what am I getting at here? I think that the general thrust of that display is correct, um, but, uh, and there's always a bot with me, I think that there is also far, far more to it than just, you know, we took our eye off the ball. Um as always, it begins and ends with finances with me because it's simply inescapable as far as I'm concerned. Um, and to get the round of applause that it did, which was, I'm not going to say it's universal, you know, but there was no booing of it. And there was, no. it, it, it was the politest golf clap, which for a Conservative support, the Rangers, because we are a Conservative support, the home support, I think that's about as much of an endorsement as you'll get, or, or as strong as an endorsement as you'll get for for what was a kind of unprompted, um, uh, you know, display or, 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 or opinion piece in public. So, I mean, where do we go from here, David? I, my, my my thoughts were, I use the phrase scale tipping last Sunday in the League Cup final because it was the first time since twenty sixteen when. King and Co took over that I thought to myself, do you know what? We're going backwards. And I, I had a lot of soul searching from Sunday onwards. I put, I put a couple of thoughts together on Twitter because I find it cathartic. And then I kind of just left it. And to be honest, I've no dipped into Twitter again because it's been pretty mental. But what we've had since 2016, David, is we've had an upward trend in everything. The football club, the finances, everything has been going up 
and everything's been positive. And that's why when you shout me over and give me the chance to explain what I think of the accounts, it's why, generally speaking, I've left those conversations saying to everybody, like, things are okay, we're on the right track, etc., etc. Things are never as bad as they seem, so on and so forth, and these catchphrases. But Sunday, I was like, ah, pff, do you know what? I think we've, we've slipped here. This season's been a fucking disaster, right? Um, the, the Champions League, the uh, injuries, the recruitment has tipped over into being, you know, failure. A lot of that's to do with injuries. But um, to go back to 55, there was always a risk that was such a seismic event for us, right? Because we, we all remember how it made us feel. We all remember the scenes as Gerard drives into Ibrox or the rest of it. it was always, there was always a risk that this kind of thing happened where you, you have a, a deflation. I go back to the Malmo game with uh, Gerard. That tie, if we go through there, I think it changes everything. I think it changes the, the signings we make that season. I think it might, it might, I'm not saying it would, it might change what Gerard does in terms of Aston Villa. Um, and, I, and, I, and, and that's where I'm at. I think we've had a couple of missteps. I think that the board, and when I say the board, I mean investors, Douglas Park, uh, John, John Bennett, or the rest of them, I am very, very much still in their corner. And I think that we need to be very, very careful what we do here in, in terms of how we, we treat these people. And and if that makes me a sook, it makes me a sook. I'm just absolutely terrified that the guys decide, you know what, had enough. And we are then thrown back to where we were prior to 2016. It wouldn't happen immediately, but it would happen over time. That's not to say we can't do better. And the executive board, so we're talking about Stuart Robertson, we're talking about Ross Wilson, even Andrew Dixon, Bizgrove, folk like that, they're, they are the folk that are that the scrutiny should lie with. Um, I'll pause for a second, David, see if you want to come in there, because I'm, I'm <laughs> conscious I'm just going on and on here. The, right, first, one thing I want to mention as well, Andy, is there were some banners taken down that I'm sure anyone who's been in social media have seen of uh, Robertson and uh, Ross Wilson, you know, with a the, the, the white across the face, yeah, yeah, strike through. Um, and they they were taken down or asked to be taken down. Don't do that, don't ask to take down banners again. If it's not offensive, just let it It doesn't make the thing go away if you do that, it just makes it worse. That's just a bad decision, right? And I get it's not very pleasant to see if you're the individual's concerned, but it, it's just a bad move, um, because. Firstly, it gets it more attention. Secondly, it is saying that we can't take a very mild bit of criticism. Uh, I just think that's a, a really bad look for any football club. If they're putting up something that's all, um, shall we say, industrial language, mm-hmm. that's a different thing, right? I get it. If they're putting up something that is offensive or breaches a law, that's a different thing. But a harmless protest banner, be bigger than that, right? Just be bigger than that and say, well, that's how they feel. End of story. So that's that's one thing I wanted to get out straight away. But uh, look, I I think that's a fair point. You see a lot of stuff, a lot of people howling in frustration, sack the board, right? You can't sack the board. They, they're the owners, right? They're the people who have the percentages, have the shares, and they're not in the business of sacking themselves, which is what they'd have to do. So it's a blind alley. 
the people to focus on are the executive level team and then the players and club management. Now, they've made the change of a club manager. So he's not going anywhere. And he's done well. In all honesty, since he's come in, he's done well. He's disappointed as we all are with the League Cup final. We mentioned last week he had a bad day at that. But he has done overall well. He's not going anywhere, right? So change the players. Yep, we're going to talk a little bit about that later. We've been saying it consistently. All the fans I know are saying it consistently, right? That's cool. But then you come to the executive board. And the fact of the matter is with Ross Wilson, I've said it before, I think that for all the good he has done, that the to, to quote Cromwell, um, it's time to go. Uh, it really is that simple. I think his transfer record doesn't stand up. I think once you've put building blocks in place at a club and built an infrastructure, then the focus of your job does move on then to just running the football operations. The recruitment is a massive part of that. But more importantly, there's no trust between him and the fans anymore. The fans just don't rate him. And he may feel that's unfair, and it might well be unfair. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is the fans, it's too far gone. So it would be good for him to get a new challenge. It would be good for us to get fresh eyes in there. And incidentally, that doesn't mean somebody comes in and everything's perfect again. They'll make mistakes too. But I just look at the the amount of players that have come in, and I think, nah, this is the squad that we're looking at at the moment. I don't think you can say, yeah, you've done a really good job, so we trust you to revamp the squad that you built in the first place. Robertson, been there eight years now. Again, is it time for a change? Is it something that we need to look at? Is it something that the majority of the fans want? They will always be the focus for blame now. It really is that simple. But I think that it's more likely to be Wilson, in all honesty, that will go. I, I would be... I would be kind of expecting that change to be made, Andy, I think. I think that it it is time, to be honest. And I think from his performance at the AGM, that looked to me a guy that's pretty entrenched in his views now. And if you're not going to accept that there is an issue and that some of the criticism is fair, you're not going to be able to change it. It's just not humanly possible. So, so surprisingly, I'm not too far away from you, David. There's, there's a couple of things here that... Um... The, the investor board, if you want to call them that, now, the, the reason I'm so, I am entrenched in terms of where I am with them, and I will be for quite a bit of time, to be quite honest with you, because I have expressed that we have exceptional circumstances as a football club, which we take for granted, which is that these guys have uh, showed up huge losses, and it should never ever be taken for granted, just because they're wealth individuals. And I think I've always said as well that we've become, as a support, inured to these big losses. And I've and I often stated I fear that there's large swathes of Rangers support that will not be able to stomach what self-sustainability means, which is when that kind of sugar daddy model is turned off and you have to live off your own means. I think there's a wee bit of truth in that now that's coming to the fore, right? Because the, the, um, the transfer budgets that we work within, the markets that we work within because of that, I think there's a bit of a reluctance to accept it as the reality we're working in. That's not to say we can't be working on better, David. That's not what I'm saying, but I think there's a bit of that in there. And I think that may point towards what you're talking about with Ross Wilson um, in terms of his own personal, well, you call it entrenchment, but I, I get exactly what you mean. But you've got to remember that the executive board are who the investor board are entrusting effectively to administer their investment. 
So I think the key dynamic in all of this is as long as Stuart Roberts and Ross Wilson as grow everybody else at, 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 at that level, as long as they have the trust of Douglas Park, John Ben, everybody else, then you might find that nothing much changes, but they won't be tin eared to what the, the fans are saying because you know, once the genies at the ball with any football clubs, it's very, very hard to get that back in and and quell it. The only thing that does it is success on the park, and we're no looking as if we're close to that. Certainly not this season. I don't think the Scottish <laughs> Cup's going to quell it. Andy, I just think that from a board point of view, that they'll be looking at the wage bill, the spend, and the yeah. state of the squad. I yeah. wouldn't be happy if it was me. If and I would be saying to the guy that built it, justify this. Yeah, yeah. I that if it was me personally, I would be looking at because I've said this before. It's not all about the spend. It's about how we are spending yeah, exactly. it. Rangers it wage bill is massive. Rangers wage bill is bigger than Celtics. Are we getting value for that squad, that, that that spend? No, we're not. So clearly we're not. It's just factually uh, unarguable. So that, to me, is why I think if I was the board, rather than hunkering down and saying, oh, he's doing a great job, as you know, we've heard Stuart Gibson say, uh, although he's not a board member technically, he's an investor, but um, I would be saying, you know, a £50 million wage bill for this? That That's where I'd be on it. So, I mean, you're fact point something I've spoken very, very often about the wage bill because when the accusation gets thrown about about lack of investment, i.e. transfers, I always say, hold on a minute, the wage bill is running hot and it has been for a long, long time and we have no rights to moan about the wage bill. It is something like £37 million for the first-team squad. It's, it's huge. And you're, you're exactly right that the... That's why I give the board, investor board a pass, because they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and a wee bit more. They're letting that run hot, where every fibre they're being will be saying, we should be reducing that, but they're letting it run. And it's the use and the return that we're getting from that at the moment. Now, the injuries are not helping. We have had bad luck with injuries, and there's probably a wee bit more to it than that, I think, you know, because I think a few chickens have come in with us in terms of player profile that we sign because we get them a value player because of their injury record. And I'm thinking about Roof here, Suter to a lesser degree. That sounds crazy, Hellander, yeah. So a few of those chickens have come home to roost in terms of if that's been a model or a, a, a tenant or tenant of what the plan has been, then it's failed. Now, I, I, the reason that I tend to get closer to where you are with Ross Wilson because then... <laughs> Everybody knows, right? If you follow me on Twitter, you'll know that I've said, look, foot director of football uh, role is a five-year role. And I'm an awful one for game folk time, whether it be the, the football manager or whoever, right? But we're getting close to that time now where, you know, that it, it, it's fair to make a judgment. Now, even six, seven months ago, I could turn around to somebody that's having an argument about Ross Wilson and say, well, you can't really argue because we've just reached a Europa League final based on what his plan is, you know, we won 55, albeit it wasn't in that long, but you can't have it both ways and no give credit and, you know, uh, take away credit when you say it's no him. But we're looking, and this is why Sunday was a skill tipper for me, because I'm looking at it and I'm saying, right, you know, it, it just, the balance isn't there, players have overstayed their welcome, and if I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, I'd say, right, we had to keep them longer than we normally would have to, to get 55 and we were enthralled to Gerard, there's no question about it. We were doing things because Gerard wanted us to do it, as opposed to what should have happened at the time, like Marellis. Um, so 
I, I, I am, I am now of the opinion that you know, if Ross Wilson stays, then he's he's really got a summer to 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 do something pretty strong, to to the same extent Celtic did after their debacle in, in fifty five season, the end of the season. It's a hard thing to do, and it's a hard thing to do under the financial constraints that we're under. Stuart Robertson, I've got more sympathy for, because Stuart Robertson is fulfilling his remit, which is the numbers that I talk about in accounts every year are getting better and better and better. And I've often said that Robertson and Bisgrove, if you want to call them a duo, their job's to tool up the business to, to deliver what we need on the park. And to this point, I think I could argue a case for both, definitely. But I think what, what happens here, Davey, and I don't want to conflate things, I think a lot of the Rangers of Port are looking for leadership, which I don't think Stuart Robertson's first 40, right? But I'll also temper that with the, the, the thought process that I don't want a Peter Lawwell who holds court or a return to you know, Charles Green type media guys that can talk a good game and tell us what we want to hear. And I'd rather have something of substance and the substance is the numbers that is that's the bottom line there Same with I think there's a, a there's a, a wide range in between having a Charles Green and having a do you know what I mean I don't well, a we, we, I don't think I don't think there, there, there's that extreme um to go but no I, it, look it's a fair point it's something we've discussed it's something we will come back to discussing but uh let's get into the actual football itself I'll go for it starts kissing David well, you have to move, right? Okay, right. Enough, enough of this. Um, I all the uh, one guy actually said in one of our YouTube videos, "Do you know everybody from Heart and Hand gets paid by the board?" Oh, that's good. That. I was, I, when you know, you should be on a fucking fortune. Let's be retired, ah, you should be on a fortune with that. Um, but uh, that's the joy of Heart and Hand. We've got different opinions. You've got me thinks one thing, you've got Andy thinks another, and I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that fall in between the two stools. But yeah, let's move on to to the match itself. Uh, Rangers welcoming Kilmarnock to Ibrox. Now, first things first, Kilmarnock's have taken two points um, in their away matches this season, the worst away record in Britain. So it was a match Rangers really should have been winning, but we were looking for a reaction in terms of a performance. That's been the thing at Rangers. Results under Michael Beale have been very good, right? Undeniably so. Performances not that often have you, you seen a complete... I think most people would only feel that we've seen one complete performance, which was Hearts away at mm-hmm. Tyne Castle. But overall, there's been patches in games when the team has played well and patches when they haven't played so well. And we've kind of come to use it. Now, it's slightly flipped in its head. as generally Rangers have been better second half than first. But they came out of the traps really quick, scored early, added a killer second not long after and wrapped the game up just before half time. And there was an effervescence to Rangers play that isn't always there. They were making chances as well as that. We we really could have been in five up at halftime and it wouldn't mm-hmm. have been an unfair reaction uh, re- uh, reflection on that match. And uh, Rangers were, I think, propelled by the excellent Todd Cantwell, who was playing in the Malik Tillman role uh, and was absolutely, I thought, brilliant in that first half in particular. Just constant energy. Nikola Raskin was supporting them as well. Uh, again, you know, we've spoken about some midfielder whose first instinct is to get the ball and get forward. Ryan Jack was there driving us on from that position. Now, first things first, Andy, that to me should be if fit the midfield um, with Tillman, you know, maybe coming in for Cantwell and Cantwell can go out wide or whatever. But I think Jack and Raskin, if fit, are the pick of the midfielders we have at the moment. 
I would agree. Uh, Ryan Jack would be in the team every week if it wasn't for his fitness. I don't think there's any question about it. Bring something that um, we badly need, whether it's that just a wee bit of unspoken dig. Um, he's becoming a senior player now. He's no, you know, he's he's, he's a, one of the captains you would imagine. And Raskin is a breath of fresh air because, as you say, his first thought is to get his head up and either move forward with the ball into the space in front of him, or to attempt forward passes, which you know are a wee bit more risky than we're, we're used to. But you compare to what we. The kind of caricature midfield we saw in the League Cup final, which was square passing between Lundstrom and, and Kamara, uh, and it's night and day. So I'm, I'm really excited about asking. I thought I thought we saw Saint half probably why didn't he start last week, to be honest, because his legs fell off. Um, so there's, maybe he's just not up to fitness that, that meant he could have played in the League Cup final. But I, I, I'm totally with you. Jack and Raskin in front of your defence give you that appropriate balance between cover and building the play and the attack. And Cantwell, I, I thought it'd be a good signing, right? And and it's too easy to get too hyperbolic over a, a performance, a 45-minute performance against Kelly. But I think he's going to be a really, really key player for us. He's, I don't want to have a dig at Hadji at the same time as he's giving praise to Cantwell, but he's doing the kind of stuff that we kind of want Hadji to do, but it, it's not happened really that often. He's linking all over the pitch, from left to right to middle to front. And uh, I think he's got a lot more to offer. I think we'll get more goals to come from a more goal threat. He's a sublime player, really sublime player. Yeah, he, he was excellent. He seems to be settling in quickly. I agree with you in Raskin. Um, I think that he, very much his legs went in the second half. And Rangers dropped quite dramatically in the second yeah. half. And that got me thinking, because no game exists in a vacuum. And by the end of the match, Rangers playing really well, utterly dominant, everybody quite happy at halftime, um, even allowing for the disappointment of the week before. Looking forward to, to adding a few in the second half, 5-6-0 win, and you know, at least going back and going, well, that, that was a good day, we enjoyed that. But Rangers didn't come out at the start of the second half, um, gave the ball away constantly. As Michael Beale said, it wasn't one or two players, it was seven or eight players just constantly giving the ball away. Um, couldn't put two passes together. None of the kind of movement and vitality and zip that we saw in the first half. Uh, Kilmarnock get a goal back. And after that, Rangers then steady it up. Lundstrom comes on for Raskin, who, as you say, had had tired badly um, and shuts the game down. And Rangers win at a canter. I mean, at no point was it ever in doubt. But it led to, as I say, some disappointment among the fans. You know, the mood of the week, I think, influences that as well. A win is a win. We'd always take them. But it's something that has been said a lot, and I think it's a valid criticism of this Rangers team doesn't put in 90-minute performances. And a friend of mine said to me, they just they can't be arsed playing for 90 minutes. And I said, it's not that, I don't think. I mean, I doubt very much they were sitting in the dressing room on Saturday at half time, and they went, right, lads, let's go in half-arse it here, eh? Um, game's done. Let's, you know, get the fans howling and frustration at the fact we can't pass the ball and uh, that, that'll, that'll be a giggle. I don't think that happened, right? And it, it made me kind of look back in all the games and this season, in terms of really excellent full match performances, I think you're going hearts away twice, Aberdeen at home when we beat them 4-1. And bar that, I'm kind of struggling to look at a game where I thought for 90 minutes Rangers came out played the way they can, 
and dominated. Now, under Beal, they've got a great habit of winning the games regardless, and that's that's brilliant. But you need to then go, right, well, okay, so why do they play in patches? And there's a whole manner and host of things. But as I mentioned on our daily show today, I'm kind of coming around at the opinion, Andy. It's because they can't play consistently all the time because they're not that level. And the reason that I, I say that is you, you watch other sports, you watch golf. Some players can, you know, in an 18-hole round, be absolutely brilliant for three or four, then struggle in others. You watch, I don't know, tennis. Some guys have a great couple of sets, but then struggle. You watch darts. Some guys are hitting 110 averages for four or five legs, but lose the match. The top guys, the really top guys, they're consistent. It's not about ability. All professionals have ability. It's about being able to play at that top level of ability consistently. That's what the top guys do. That's what makes them the top guys. It's about having a baseline that is higher than everybody else's. And that is what gets them across. I don't think that this Rangers team, as I say, go out there and deliberately say, we're going to start slowly today. We're going to go golden before we spark into life. It's all the time. And there comes a point when you kind of have to move away from they won't do it into maybe they can't do it. And that's kind of where I am at the moment. And that again goes back to that's why we need to make changes and getting guys whose baseline in a game doesn't drop below a seven. Right? Mm. We've got guys who, even during a game, for periods of it, will be eight, nine out of ten. For periods of it, it will be four, five out of ten. Mm-hmm. And they can emerge, you know, roughly into kind of sixes and sevens, and that's why we win. But overall, I think it's just something that's baked into this squad. I can't argue when you've just said there, David, and it's a real worry because for long enough we've been saying, look, can we not just get three, four goals ahead and then relax and enjoy the game? And at halftime on Saturday, I'm like, you know what, three nothing up, game's won, there's no way come on up, come back for that. And I look forward to, to you know, a, a confidence-boosting five, six, nothing <laughs> because we badly need a result like that. We've needed it all season. And none more so, not, not never more so than the week after that League Cup final, obviously. And uh, you, you come out the second half, and as you say, it's super sloppy. Commander could tweak things a wee bit, and they were causing us problems. And they brought Jordan Jones on, for Christ's sake, and he's skipping past players and firing crosses in and getting set pieces. And I'm like, oh, this, this isn't acceptable. And I, I tried not to overreact to things, I know the game's won, but. It's just emblematic, I mean, you're saying there, that if we've got, if we're serious about winning things on a regular basis, and we look across the city, right, that's the elephant in the room, they're doing it. But how can you have so many in the team drop so far um, in the same game? It's just, it speaks, now if it were a young team, I could turn, you could point it to youth, right? It's not really the case, because Tavernier came out and had a stinker, sent half passing boys all over the place. Um, you know, Raskin was obviously his fitness, but Kent drops off, Sakala drops off, Kolak barely makes a ripple in the attacking sense, you know. Um, and it, you then look to the bench, and the bench is full of people that are coming back for injury, Hadji, Suter, um, Arfield. So you would then hope a normal Rangers team would have enough on the bench to revitalise at that point in time. Um, 
Beal brought in a couple, then they bring on they brought three on the last three minutes for Christ's sake. But it, it points to everything you were, we've been talking about earlier on about um, recruitment and forward planning and uh, where we are as a squad. Never mind as a as a, a chosen first eleven every week. It's worrying, and you, you would never put your hat on Rangers coming out and beating anybody at this moment time. We've been doing well under Beal, as you say. But the performances like Tynecastle, which was really fantastic, right, are so few and far between that it's it's a, it's a, it's a throwback to the 80s, David. We remember the team in the 80s. Yes. They have fantastic games and couldn't last the pace for the, no, for the trial. Yeah, I remember that, that, that Jock Wallace when we put together the, the brilliant exactly. start and we all thought, oh, here we go, and then just completely faded. And, yeah, I mean, that that that's kind of where I am on it. And similarly, people expecting massive change between now and the end of the season, it's not going to happen. That's who these players are. And that is the, the situation we're in. It's not going to happen with an influx of new players and... The, the corresponding players leaving because there are things we need to change within that dressing room. One of which, as we know, is attitude because it's a team who consistently fall down at the biggest games. Um, that, you know, they, they, they win a lot of games. They do, and it's great, and I'm glad they do. But in the actual biggest ones, the difference-making games, more often than not, they come up short. So that, I, as we've discussed last week, I think that's a mental thing and that needs to be addressed and changed. The guys we have got in the squad are going to keep doing what they've been doing. Um, thankfully, what they've been doing under Michael Beale was a lot better than what they were doing under Gio, so there's that. I think a fundamental thing in this squad that they've never quite got their head around is, and the Rangers could get 100 points this year, right? Mm. Or you know, certainly high 90s, right? Rangers could do that. A very high total. A very high total for Rangers, uh, for any team, but for, you know, in the, the, the Premier League era. Rangers could do that this year. What they don't quite grasp in a way that a Walter team grasped or, you know, further back, it doesn't matter. If you get 100 points and Celtic get 101, you've had a bad season. And that, I think, is something that, has just never quite sunk in and we, we've spoken before about just doing enough at any other club I mean honest to God in any other club if, if their form had been the, the way ours were for the last three months people would be falling over themselves but it's Rangers we're different and yes as you say the fact that Celtic are ploughing on consistently and fair play to them we've got to still be better we've got to find a way to be better than them that's the whole challenge of being Rangers and I'm just not sure that deep down, right in their hearts, enough of them understand that. I agree. And it, and it worries me that... So, so Todd Cantwell, we're talking about him there as a player. He will he will notice a difference from where he's been in his football career to where he is now in terms of the expectations and demands. Uh, young Raskin will as well. Um, it, it, I, I think... <laughs> I'm trying not to be... I kind of... Rangers die here, but you're spot on. I think the plaudits come too easy. And we are guilty of this as a support, and it might be social media and the fact that it is social media. We're sugar us right. We get, I mean, Raskin is a point in case, right? He's had a couple of games and he's looked pretty promising by comparison to Dross we've been watching for a few weeks earlier in the midfield. 
but he's only in the door and he's only in two minutes and we've got to give him time and he probably is the answer. I really, really hope he is the answer at midfield, but he's been bummed up to be something that we don't really know for sure, right? Cantwell, we've been a wee bit more cautious. We know more about him and we're starting to see him flourish. I just think we need to be a wee bit more... What's the word? It's not demanding. I think we just need to be more realistic with players. Don't fret them to be superheroes when they've earned nothing to be superheroes. And don't build them up. Because when we build them up, we build them up for a fall. Raskin only time to build his selling to be a Rangers player. Just like Ben Davies did. Just like Sakala did. Kent did. When we go back to when he first signed, there was folks, you know, I don't know if he'll do. You know, everybody needs a bed and in time at Rangers. But this wooden mentality, is, which is basically what you're talking about there, David, it's the mm. relentless ability to understand that you can get 99 out of 100 and it's still not enough at Rangers. And that's just the nature of being. It's like being at Real Madrid. I'm not comparing this in terms of you know, expectations, but it's the same mentality. No, the, the expectations, you can, yes. You can only survive by winning. Uh, and, and Celtic are causing us a big problem just now because they, they fully understand that and... Um, and they're acting it out. Now, how do you change a squad? You, do you, I don't think changing the captain, right? We, we often hear about having a shouldn't have a captain, but we, we used to hear a lot about Stephen Davis in his first time running at Rangers. He wasn't a captain. I don't think that's part of it. I think it's a collective thing. And it starts with the manager, but it also starts with the club ethos, not accepting second best in anything. Goes back to what we're talking about at the start of the show, David. Is that really, really the case, or are we simply saying, "Well, you know, this is your lot for now. We just need to do the best we can." I think we need to explode that kind of mentality and say, "Doesn't matter. There's no excuses. We need to, um, we need to be the best at absolutely everything we do on off the park." But again, it's the players that carry the responsibility because that's going to be the yardstick. Are the players doing it, no. When the club's failing, the club's doing it. The players doing it, yes. Then. We're, we're all happy with things. It's a mentality thing. And I don't know if the support's changed, and I think a lot of the support, I might, you know, I might self-critique here and say, maybe my expectations have been dulled a wee bit given what we went through since 2012. And if that's the case, then I would put my hands up. Maybe I've been too understanding. Um, I, I don't think there's much room for it anymore, I've got to be honest. No, the, the, the challenge is to be a point better than Celtic. And if that means Celtic are having an exceptional season, you need to have an exceptional plus one. Yeah. It's that simple, and I I kind of agree that maybe in their heart of hearts, just sometimes they go, well, we're doing all right, you know, as, yeah, as we yeah. do as humans, you know, you, you go, well, you know, you, you want to present yourself in the best possible light, and they are, they're doing all right, but in the words of Walter Smith, all right, isn't he fucking good enough at this club, son? And that, I think, is something that will not change until the squad itself changes. We've had three managers in there now, and this has happened. It's. I think you need to to change the bodies, and you can't change all of them. Some of them will still be there. Some of them will play a part, and some of them will get better. But the guys that we bring in have to have that mentality as well. Um, you know, it's been said before, but as I think that the last couple of years we've had a load of really nice guys in that yeah. dressing room, and I think maybe we could do with a few bastards yeah. for want of a better term. Um, you know, the the real torn faced screaming and bawling at everybody that, that, that you know you've got you've got to win. You've just that's all that matters. Every club needs one or two of those. So, so, so see when you're saying that, Dave, that's a funny thing because so there's been a particular player going through my mind the last couple of weeks, and it's Alex Ray. And Alex Ray came in and had one season at Rangers, and he made a hell of a difference to how we played and how we were in the dressing room. 
And I'm not saying that we go out and sign, I don't, I don't know, a couple of would be nowadays for us, but we do need a bit of a blend. And if we sign um, players for that trait first and foremost, then I don't think I would be too put out by it. And, and by that trait, I mean exactly what you're talking about there, David. Dig, aggression, mentality, kick your granny, fight, fight the guy up the tunnel kind of mentality. I think we need a wee bit of that. Um, I think I think Bill's identified that. I think I think he has too. The, yeah. The, the, the link with Jake Cooper, I don't think was coincidental. He's not going to be the best football player or left sided centre half of goal, but he's, he's he's a presence, and I think you know that that type of player would make a bit of a difference to our side because the other thing that worries me about squad balance is the literal squad balance of we're going to be quite a wee team. You know, you add in Yilmaz to Raskin. To, to Cantwell, who's not exactly Terry Hurlock, and you've, you've got a weird team than probably I've seen most of my time as a Rangers fan. You need to offset that with some people that are physically capable. Um, this sounds like cliche dinosaur stuff, but it's no, David. There's something in it. It's needed, and you need it at Rangers. Um, big, big challenge. We go back to the Wilson conundrum and what he's got to do here. There's a lot to be done. You might get a few of our current players that we're looking at just now who are reborn and, and have a, an Indian summer and, that and happened. refresh when there's uh, different a, a, a players around the club. Them. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's it, and, and that's what your signings should do. They should bring you momentum, and that's one of the reasons that Rangers have stagnated, to go right back to the banner. That is one of the reasons, is the signings over the last two years have not done that. They've not brought that freshness. They've not brought that impetus, that raising of standards. And it's just essentially any football club. Walter Smith used to speak about it. Sir Alex Ferguson spoke about it. That even if you're really happy with your team, you go out and you bring a couple of quality players in the summer, it just G's everybody up yeah, and yeah. says, right, okay, we're still striving to go forward. And we haven't done that over successive windows. And that's why we find ourselves in the situation that we're in. Now, in case anybody thinks it's all doom and gloom, I don't. I go back to that point, Stanley. There is very much the building blocks there. We are not having to make up, you know, 30 points on the opposition. That that doesn't have to be done. The building blocks are in place. You just have to make sure that you get the, the right building blocks to take you forward and keep building. And it, it's never, ever complete. There's always changes you can make. There's always areas you can improve. But I think we've identified the obvious ones. But I think anyone who's kind of going into each match expecting to see something totally different and better from what they've seen before, it's unlikely. I think, because, as I say, it's human beings there, and I don't really see it changing till till the squad changes. We're off to Easter Road on Wednesday night, Andy, hmm. and that, of course, will be uh, a challenge. It always is, regardless of how Hibs are playing, but they actually have hit a bit of form recently, Hibs, and Michael Beale spoke at uh, the weekend, and he spoke again in the press conference earlier today, that he feels that Hibs will actually come out and play, that their fans demand that they come out and have a go against us, and that that might suit us. And to a degree, yes, it does. It means you have to stand up and be strong defensively. But it should allow space for the creative players that we have to go out and do what they're best at. Aye, and, and I agree with Bill, but it's whatever Rangers turns up, turns up you know, because we'll have... Started some games really, really well, and other games we've looked as if we're scared of our own shadow from from the first minute when a team comes at us. Um, I hope they do come out. I hope Hubs come out, and, and they have had a bit of form. Easter was never an easy place to go, no matter what. And uh, 
we we've got more attacking impetus we had than under Geo. There's no question about it. We do, um, you know, get forward much more slicker and faster than we, than we did before. And uh, I, I'm excited by the likes of Cantwell um, and Raskin if they get the bit of space that can be afforded when you're playing away from home if a team comes at you. And it's not just 10 men behind the ball. Obviously, they'll have their shape when, when we've got the ball, but sometimes you just get that wee bit more. And they are quite attacking. You know, they've got the, the Yuan and so forth, and but they've all got players forward. So it's this is a test. <laughs> Cliche time. It's always a test, but th- this is a test because, um, all right, we're nine points behind. I'll never concede the title, no matter how unlikely it is, as, as much as I realise that. We need to keep the momentum going. I, I really don't want the season to unravel into uh, friendly territory at this point. You know, it, it just can't happen. We need to get to the split, either still on nine points or unthinkably or a wee bit closer where you know anything can happen. Sakala, Ken, Cholak, they're players that you would, you were probably going to be looking to for the foreseeable future until when changes to the squad. And just to go to your point, David, about the, the, the standards, Cholak and Sakala, I don't think there's many Rangers fans who say, you know, they're, they're good enough for Rangers in terms of being the first choice from here on in. But that probably tells you what we're saying about the squad. They would be great players to have as, uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 appearances a season or off the bench. Whereas just now what we've got is a situation where the two of them are more or less in and around the first team squad without creation, or the first 11 I should say it kind of talks to the, the quality we've got there and, and what, what's lacking so I'm, I'm hopeful, I've managed to get a ticket, I'm really thankful for that, it's not on the telly so the man's been high and uh, I quite enjoy going to Easter Road, it's one of my, my more favourite grounds, although their end is always half empty unfortunately yeah, um, On Chola, I actually think this will be an interesting call on Wednesday night because I wonder if a decision has been made with regards to Morelos's future, and if so, he's thinking, right, I'm going to use the guy who is more likely to be here next season than the other one. Or maybe no decision has been made, but he is thinking that way at the moment. Um, Because under normal circumstances, you look at the two players, what their strengths are. A way to to Hibs, I'd play Morelos, and I think that it suits his game more. But... I'll be very interested to see if Cholak starts because that would maybe say to me then I'm starting to look at yeah, yeah. the future. Yeah, I, I mean I've been I've been reading on so I said I've not been on Twitter, but when I have, I've been seeing a lot of debate around Morelos and I've been watching it with interest and I've not engaged because I don't think my my opinion is particular particular popular. David Morelos is your best striker by mile. Anybody listens to this pod know, knows that I've said it for long and weary. However, um, I think his shape's a disgrace. Um, I, I think that we've kind of gave him a, a free ride on that. If he played in the Premiership in England, would he be in that shape? There's no not a chance. So you've got to ask the question, why is he in that shape when he's at, when he's at Rangers? And he's, he's definitely lost his edge. I think we could have a better goal scorer. No easy, but I think we could have a better goal scorer. And Cholak, for me, if he's our first-choice striker next year, David, then I'm... I'm I'm not going to be very positive with things. He's a, he's a finisher. He's a Chris Boyd. He's fine. Have him around the squad. He'll get you 10, 15 goals a season quite easily. But um, I don't think he's fully rounded enough, certainly for the way Beal plays just now. 
I'll, I'll say one other thing. I would quite like to see CBO do the two up front thing that he done in the second half against Celtic more often because I think it would. I think we play quite well like that, you know, too. And whether that's Cholak and Kent up top with somebody behind them, like Tillman or Cadwell, I don't know. I just I just feel that we've become a wee bit too predictable in terms of formation. And I would like to see us, you know, change it up a wee bit. Aye, variance. No, it's never a negative thing when you can come at teams from a lot of different angles. Right, folks, thank you very, very much for joining us this week here on Heart and Hand. Uh, of course, Adam will be back with the team on Thursday or Friday to discuss the latest goings on, uh, obviously the, the reaction from Easter Road. And Martin has launched his dominant series, one of the big hits on Heart and Hand last year, is now coming out every week for free. So uh, if you're not a subscriber, and you really should be because you would have heard the show a year ago, but uh, if you're not, then uh, you'll be able to get a hold of this and perhaps consider subscribing over at pa- uh, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Andy, my thanks, my friend. Thanks for having me on, David. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll be back here next week. Until then, hope your team wins on Wednesday. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>